Hello and welcome to the Fintech Australia podcast, Finney Special, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech Executive Search. With the help of the Victorian government, Bogus and BPay, we're bringing you Australia's largest and most prestigious Fintech awards yet. We want you to tune in and pick the winners. And this year, you can join in virtually, in person, or host your own office party. So wherever you are, let's come together and recognize the amazing people Aussie FinTech is renowned for. Registration for the awards event is now open. Go to thefinnies.org.au. Welcome to the show, Christian. Thank you, Dexter. You've been nominated for Outstanding Leader of the Year, which is sponsored by Bogus. First of all, may I say congratulations um, for making it as a finalist. You are amongst a um, very esteemed company, and I'm just so impressed by the people that have made it to the finals. Thanks, Dexter. Yeah, I mean, the, the Outstanding Fintech Leader of the Year category is a, is a daunting one. I am immensely proud to be in this company. Uh, and, uh, yeah, impressed by, by all my, my fellow candidates here. So, um, could you maybe tell our listeners a little bit more about Manuva? Of course. Manuva is a company that makes it possible for businesses in Australia to outsource entirely their payments management. So we automate how our businesses receive, manage, and pay funds across lots of different payment methods, uh, more, most uh, notably, it's NPP. So we're one of a very small number of non-bank um, payments companies that are uh, connected to the NPP network, which we're very proud of, uh, but also BPay and direct credits and, and a few other things. Um, what we make possible is for businesses to just focus on the stuff that they were actually created to do, which is servicing their customers, uh, and leave the plumbing stuff, such as payments, to to others, um, so they can they can focus on on delighting their customers. And Maneuver is about a year old, roughly, in its current guise. We we, we launched with a new brand a bit more than a year ago, uh, and it's been a fantastic year. It's been absolutely incredible, despite um, everything that's going on in the world. Um, and um, maybe at points when there's felt like a lot of uncertainty all around us, it's been really nice to have this project of this business that we're building on as a, as a solid pillar in, in, in the midst of it. Great. So you touched on it. It has been a, you know, a remarkable year and a one that I don't think any of us would ever have predicted in a million years. How, you know, what, what have you found out about yourself as a leader um, during this, this pandemic and, you know, this kind of shift that we've seen? Um, I'm quite a calm person. And I think that's been helpful. There are probably times when um, people wanted uh, more drama, uh, but this year probably is not one of those years. There was enough drama all around. Uh, so what I find that once you really genuinely believe in your purpose and in your way of fulfilling that purpose with, with the business, um, it is comfortably easy to stay the course um, and to continue to deliver on what you set out to do. So, so that has really been important for me. I think um, we understood already in March that digital payments is probably going to be an industry that would come out okay, uh, whatever come out means here. I'm not sure we're through it yet. 
um, and uh, we prepared accordingly. So we, to the extent we could, we were trying to shore up our resources rather than cut down on resources, um, trying to make it as seamless as possible for businesses in Australia um, to to go digital fast um, and to make sure that one thing that they didn't have to worry about amongst all the things they probably did have to worry about was making sure that the payments were where they're meant to be. Um, so, yeah, I think keeping the calm, understanding that the strategy we had in place and the purpose we're here to fulfill uh, worked also in this environment it was important for me as a, as a leader of, of this business. And uh, I think as a team, um, it was important for us all to feel that when we then were out talking to partners and clients that, that actually um, what was happening around us was not something that required us, at the very least, to do uh, any dramatic changes. It just meant we needed to be even better at doing what we already had set up to do. How did you go about, um, I guess, kind of keeping the, you know, the, the, the focus on the strategy? Because it's one thing to say remain calm, but um, it's been pretty difficult to keep calm when you know, we're going through what we're, we're going through right now. Absolutely. And look, I, no one here is making perfect decisions all the time. Uh, yeah. I'm certainly not that person. Um, so, of course, there were things we had to learn and uh, points we had to run more than we walk. Uh, but, but that's in itself obviously not a bad thing at all. It's something we had wanted to do anyway. Um, but I, I think for us, it was really about understanding what are the, the core requirements around us and our industry at this point and, and seeing that they were not qualitatively different from what we expected them to be, but maybe just slightly further down the road. Um, so it was a matter of quantity, not quality. It was a matter of making sure that we could process even larger volumes of transactions now rather than in six months' time, and that we could um, bring on certain features um, that sort of help with fraud monitoring and those sort of things that, that we also probably thought and, and you know, was carried out and borne out in, in statistics, not just in Australia but elsewhere, that with larger, larger transaction volumes online comes also more fraud online, uh, unsurprisingly. Um, so just making sure that we felt that we could we could handle this. And something that I think a lot of people experienced in the early days of lockdowns, maybe March, April, uh, was that your partners and clients were calling you or emailing you asking, how are you doing? Basically uh, implied, are you going to be around? Are you still going to be here in two weeks' time? Um, and so making sure that we could credibly say and that we could credibly believe ourselves that yes, not only are we going to be around in two weeks, we're going to be around in two months and in two years and hopefully 20 years as well. Um, and uh, as I said earlier, if there are other things they're uncertain about, you don't need to be uncertain about us. Um, we're here, we're here to help. Now, you mentioned that you only launched a year back. Um, you must have been, what, six months in and then this curveball's been thrown at you? That's right. What? I mean, they, yeah. 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 It, it is. Um, it, it happened obviously at a time that no one could have foreseen, uh, as you pointed out earlier. Not just when, but you know that it could even happen. It was probably not something that was very close in people's minds. Um, we, we did exist, as I um, pointed out elsewhere. We, we did exist under a, a different brand for about two and a half years before uh, Maneuver, but that was more like a project phase, building building a product, um, but. I think that the, the thing that made us come through um, in the early months was 
uh, I guess, a real sense of momentum that have started building prior in those first six months, essentially, um, and a an ever deeper understanding of the supply chains of services that we belong to, uh, understanding whom we're servicing and who's servicing us, uh, being very comfortable talking about the particular challenges and opportunities that both upstream and downstream characterize our industry. Uh, and understanding that that hadn't changed, it was just there was more water coming through. So you've got a growing team as well, as well as a growing business. How have you gone um, around the, the kind of path of bringing people into the business and uh, attracting the right talent? Actually, I think that is maybe the only aspect that where COVID really had a sort of a, a big immediate change for us when it wasn't just business as usual, um, but faster. So we grew the team by almost 100% uh, in the months from, I don't know, maybe July, August last year to around March, so just just before COVID. In fact, the last two members of the team that joined before COVID joined sort of three or four days before we all started working from home. And I'm so pleased that they came in. I mean, this is all total happenstance, but I'm so pleased they came in just before. I think that really made a difference having those three or four days together with the team uh, in person before performing online. We then did have a, hi- a hiatus um, and we made to do with what we had. And that went really well. We, we had set up for growth. That's why we've grown the team so fast. Um, it wasn't that we needed people. Maybe the second they joined was the expectation we'd need them in a, in a few weeks or in a month or so. Uh, and that certainly turned out to be the case. Um, but then to my own, um, uh, to my own satisfaction and, and, and glee, we started then bringing on people again. First was a more of a contracting type role, but that was probably in July. And we now have two more people joining the team even just next week. Um, so it feels like we're sort of back on. It is hard. Mm. And, and it was, however digital a business you are, we are you know, fully digital. We, we provide APIs. It's, it's not a lot of books and motto in our case, but even so, um, it is hard not to, um, see people if you, if they're new, um, for them not yeah. to learn by osmosis and being around colleagues. It's also less exciting. So uh, we're seeing a, a definite, definitive, uh, momentum to get back into the office, but it's, it's not five days. It's not compulsory. It just turns out we like being with each other and we like spending time uh, working next to each other, not just uh, by teams or, or other media. Yeah. Great. And, and what's been the biggest obstacle that you've had to come up, overcome in this last 12 months as a leader? Um, the last 12 months have been, as I said earlier, really, really quite good to us. Uh, so it probably hasn't been particularly in the last months um, where I've seen sort of one particular larger obstacle that had to be overcome. But what has been challenging um, for me and for us as a business overall um, were some of the partners that we you know, we love working with, um, often in the form of, of ADIs, um, their processes grind to a halt or they ground to halt yeah. quickly in March, April. And so number of conversations we were having um, that to us made as much sense, if not even more sense now in this environment, were just absolutely non-starters. Uh, we could have worked mm. with people for weeks or months on something and all of a sudden it was like, sorry, uh, either they had no budget or there was this lack of uh, maybe direction on exactly what they could do in this sort of crisis environment. Because obviously their their environment had changed massively too. They're, they're, 
basically in contact with every Australian in Australia. So um, that had a huge impact. Uh, so that that was actually quite challenging. And but to our um, to our delight, that's really changing now. And, and a number of conversations that we had to sort of stop or pause in March are now back on, um, and actually with renewed energy because they've realised the demand hasn't gone away, and in fact it is probably slightly enforced. So here's a question for you then. How did you keep your salespeople engaged when all that was happening? Because I've been mean, a salesperson. I've been through this type of thing before and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's confronting, right? Yeah. If for us, there has been no slowing down of sales activity. It's really been just up, up, up. But there has been a challenge around changing the way you sell. So uh, we're... You know, the, the stereotypical salesperson is someone who loves other people and who loves being out and about and always an opportunity to meet up. And, you know, if it's breakfast or lunch or dinner or, or drinks, you know, it's never a no. Um, and, you know, that probably characterizes our, our growth team members as well. These are very outgoing, um, charming people. And so all of a sudden to be that person, being an extrovert in an environment where you're not really allowed to leave your room, that was... I think, yeah, sapping some energy in the beginning. And what kept us going was, was really the fact that even though we couldn't meet people in person, even though our, our uh, sales staff, our growth managers weren't out on the street, um, there was still a real demand. And it was like it was a growing demand for what we were selling. So I guess it was sort of a sense of hibernation in terms of our whereabouts, but certainly not in terms of our activity. And finally, what does the future hold for Manuva? The future is looking um, quite good at the moment. Uh, we're certainly not unaffected by the crisis around us, whether as individuals. Come on, mate. You're up for FinTech Leader of the Year. Surely you can say more than quite good. <laughs> it's awesome, incredible. We're going to be a rocket ship. <laughs> we are, all those things. Sometimes I, it's fulfilling. You don't want to be too... Uh, too optimistic in an environment where a lot of people are struggling. But yes, I, to be honest, it's looking very good. Uh, we moved as much money in the last two and a half months as we did in our first two and a half years. Um, Fantastic. We, we're growing very, very fast. We see uh, maybe the biggest change, and, and this is one thing that I'm, makes me really optimistic uh, now to be more transparently uh, happy about this stuff, uh, is that we used to spend a lot of time educating our our prospective uh, clients, and we used to say, uh, need to explain to them why we were, why was there a problem here? What were we trying to solve? And that is very rarely the case nowadays, and that's changed in the last twelve months. And we're seeing um, an acceleration towards a greater understanding and a greater expectation that payments are meant to be easy. They're meant to be real time, and they're yeah. meant to be just efficient and just in the background. That didn't used to be the case. I mean, my first few conversations under the old uh, brand name. Uh, you know, you have to explain why you existed, and that is never the case anymore. So, I think we're going to see a move for Manuva um, in terms of whom we're targeting. Uh, we are going to continue to work very, very closely with our um, fintech startups and other startups for that matter, with whom we have very strong bonds and, and you know great relationships. But as we are matured and we've proven that we can move a lot of transactions and and, and all the rest of it, uh, we can come through this kind of crisis. We become more and more attractive and credible partners to large companies, established utility companies, possibly, or other large corporates um, for whom technology is purely just a means, not an ideology, it's nothing else. 
they're not doing it because it's cool. They're doing it because at some point they realize they have to. Um, and, and we're seeing a, a lot of shift there. And, and so conversation we're having now are with, are with people and in situations of a sort of size and a scale that 12 months ago we just didn't see. And, and that's very exciting because we think the problem we're solving, which is payments are hard. They are complicated from a regulatory point of view. They're complicated from a technical point of view. And even then, you never really get it right unless that's all you do all the time. That problem exists in every industry. It's not specific to startups. It's not specific to financial services. It's something every business that has a lot of transactions goes through. So we're seeing more and more of an acceptance and, and keenness really to, to understand what we're doing and how we can help. Well, fantastic, Christian. Well done on your nomination for Outstanding Leader of the Year, sponsored by Vocus. If you'd like to join the celebrations on the night, go to thefinnies.org.au.